Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to is explicit. We are here to talk about our lives, the great times, the messy times, but let's be honest, we learn from those messy times. Content may be triggering as we explore together our lives, spirituality, trauma, recovery, and growth. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit, and today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown on what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Ed and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. So how's your week been, Ed? Um, overall, it's been really good, but I... But. But, but, I had an incident this week that brought up, like, a lot of shit. Really? <clears throat> yeah. What happened? So, um, it, it's, it's interesting because it wasn't just necessarily one, it was actually two, but there was one thing that catalyzed it. So, um, there was this woman, uh, that... I was interested in and attracted to and um, I just recently found out that they are dating someone very much like me but not me obviously because you know but we have similar interests and all of this stuff yeah and so I've been dealing with that you know and and of course that brings up the not good enough thing you know what what why this seems to be the case on everything and uh, so that kind of happened and I was okay with it because I'm I'm you know I'm used to it you know what I mean is it is this the same person from way back? Yeah. When the beginning you had talked about. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that was going on this week. And um, then I was on the phone with the doctor's office. And I was, I was advocating for one of my participants. Yeah. And they had made a mistake. And doctor's offices will do that upon occasion i get that but this doctor's office i have massive issues with constantly um and uh so i was talking to the nurse the nurse had gotten back to me about a question about the medication because one of my participants has a crush order and the medication that they sent me I didn't think we could crush it and so i called and asked and uh the next day they got it back to me and Unfortunately, we'd already paid for that medication, and it was out of pocket for her. Oh, wow. So it turns out, you know, that, so the doctor discontinued that medication and, and, and prescribed a liquid form. And I said, so what do we do with that medication? And the nurse goes, well, I, I don't know. I said, but she paid for it out of pocket. She doesn't make a lot of money. She doesn't have a lot of money, you know. Yeah. And uh, the nurse was quite flippant about it. Like, you know, who cares? I, it's not my it's problem. Not her problem. Right. You know, and, and I, I, I found that to be problematic, you know, for me. Um, and I, I spoke to her like I'm speaking to you right now. You know, I was like, you know, well, I said... <sighs> This this mistake that you guys made. I mean, you're the one. You, your office is the one that that 
created the crush order Mm. you know um you guys have a lot of dealings with her i know you have a lot of other patients but i said you know you guys are the ones that originated the crush order so to have that come through and then to have her pay for something like that you know is is a problem um and she was just like yeah well you know whatever and so i was trying to correlate it to her i said like, well you know i mean she doesn't have a lot of money and i said i said it would be like you going out and i said you know you make more money so you know than she does so probably it would be like 30 dollars. she's like that's inappropriate I'm like, well, I, I don't understand how that's inappropriate. I'm just trying to correlate, you know, the idea of you paying $30 for something or even, you know, the $6 or $7 that it was and, you know, whatever. She's like, that's inappropriate. And I'm like, well, if this would be the first mistake that you guys made, that would be fine. I said, but I, I send, you know, I, I've done all of these things. And so I went through a couple of the things recently that had been an issue. So she asked me my name and I said, uh, my name's Edward. And, you know, I gave her my last name and I said, you know, so go ahead and report me. That's, that's fine. I'm, you know, I'm okay with that, whatever. And I hug up the phone and I immediately felt like this whole thing of like, you know, I'm too much because I can be fairly intense and, you know, this, this piece of being too much. You know, and so then I, I'm replaying the whole thing over again, over and over again in my mind. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I, I had, uh, I, I do therapy via Zoom. Yeah. And uh, so then I had a therapy appointment, you know, shortly thereafterwards. And um, yeah, I was covering a shift and, and I, my company knows the people that, you know, my team leader and all that know that if I'm covering a shift on a specific day, as long as it doesn't, um, you know, interfere with my participants, then I am going to continue to do my, I'm going to do my therapy appointment via Zoom because that, that's something that I need for my existence, you know, unless I can reschedule the therapy appointment, I couldn't. And so I'm talking to my therapist and I'm talking over that and speaking over that. I'm like, you know, and in tears at that point, I'm like, I I just, I don't understand. I was like, I, I like, how can I be not enough and too much all at the same time? Because this is something that I have gotten my entire life, you know, and it has really brought up for me, um, like we did some work around it. We started doing some work around it and I'm like, it really brought up to me. He's like, well, where does this come from? You know, where does this go? And my entire life, because I have been in this intense and I was also just a child and my parents couldn't deal with being parents. You know what I mean? My father was disabled and my mother had the, um, uh, emotional capacity of, you know, a a piece of corn. Um, (laughs) I mean, more than that, but you know, like she had her own, right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I really got into this space of not being enough because of this first piece that had just been dropped on me. And then, Oh, this first piece. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the, this this woman you know being in a relationship okay. with somebody else that's similar to you. that's similar to me yeah and uh and 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 kind of dealing with that um and then this other piece of you know just having a general conversation like you and i are having yeah in my mind you know and trying to correlate stuff so that people would understand and that i would understand and you know whatever and and being told that i'm inappropriate and and that's too much and that was triggering because so much of my life has been in fear of being inappropriate quote unquote um and so then the doctor called 
and I was on the Zoom call, so I had to take the doctor call. And I took the doctor call, and I'm I'm talking to him. And the first thing, of course, he says is, you know, please do not critique my staff and, you know, criticize yeah. them. And I'm like, well, um, I have tried to make complaints to about your office for quite a while. I said, you know, Dr. So-and-so, I have a lot of respect for you, and I really like you as a doctor, and I like what you do for my participants. But as, like, your staff have been messing up for a long time. You know, I, I send in paperwork that needs to be signed and I send it in two weeks before it expires and I get it two weeks after it's expired. They're putting me out of compliance. It's like, your staff have asked me to write discontinuation orders so that you can sign them, which is illegal. <laughs> it's like, that's not something I am comfortable doing and not something I should have to do. But after the fourth time of them sending me the same prescription over again, you know, it's stuff like that, you know. Um, general, what I would consider incompetence. And so we were talking for a little bit and he apologized and I apologized. It's like, you know, my intent was not to belittle your staff. That was not my intent. My intent was trying to get them to understand what this was and to potentially find a fix because the mistake was on your office's end, you know? And uh, and he said, well, you know, I'm really sorry about how I came off in the beginning. I was like, no, no, you're advocating for your staff. Like I'm advocating for my client. Yeah. And, uh, so that went away and, and my, my, uh, therapist saw the whole thing. He's like, you know, you, you actually handled that really well. He's like, I was really hoping you weren't going to say something like, well, maybe if your staff wasn't such a cunt, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. but, you know, um, but back to the, the original piece, I didn't get a lot of chance to think about it because it's, it, you know, I, I then went into my regular work week, but, yeah, yeah. um, and I, I have a therapy appointment later this week, which, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll delve into it. But this, this piece of, you know, how do you, how do you work through a self-esteem issue when you're not enough for people to pick you and at the same time you're too much on a regular basis and that just leads to this masking thing where you become you know incapable of doing anything for fear of of you know stepping on one end or the other of the scale yeah you know um so i i so i just a quick question yeah no absolutely because i'm kind of at a um so why would it be not enough for the relationship why couldn't it be too much for the relationship you know i so i have been trying to program my mind that way yeah you know i've been trying to really program my mind to look at it and go well they're not the right person they obviously you know no that that's not what i'm talking oh about. okay i'm talking about so you're cutting yourself off on both sides yeah but maybe for her you were too much as in too much for her right right do you understand i do what that I mean? that yeah that makes more sense um instead of not being enough in one place and being maybe you're just <laughs> leaning on the intense side <laughs> so i'm too much for everyone thanks thanks jason well, I, the, <laughs> no but the I, I know what you mean is, yeah is that the other way you're fucked either way right you know, you can't just tone it down. Right. You got to tone it up. Right. And tone it down. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and you have no idea what goes on for that other person. Oh, no. I know. Like, I mean, it could be whatever random thing that she likes about this person that has nothing to do with your common interests with them. You know what I right. mean? Like, 
She right. could like that he likes uh, to eat salad for every meal. <laughs> right. Which you know we know I, I mean? don't. Which you know? we know you don't. Yeah. <laughs> right. But do, do you know what I mean? Like, I think when you get into these places, and I do the same thing, you know, when we're triggered, we minimize everything down to these little tiny boxes yeah. of how does it, how is it about me? Yeah. Right? And... It's it half time is not times is always not. Right. Right? Because yeah. that person isn't thinking about you before they make their actions. Right. They're just making their actions. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I do. And it's not a reflection on you, but in that in this work that you're doing, it you take all of that personally. Yeah. And it's it's got to be grueling because you're trying to be the reason for how many people's life decisions right you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah like how many life decisions did it take for this girl to get with this guy right who knows right you know what i mean how many life decisions does it take for that nurse to get to the point that she was at yeah do you know what i mean and I can definitely relate to that nurse because I'm in similar situations occasionally, Mm -hmm. you know, where there's a caregiver or a family member who thinks that, you know, my work that I've done with the person isn't what they had hoped it would be, or, you know, they felt negatively affected them or sometimes financially negatively affected them. You know, I had a situation once where I was supporting a client with a goal and they needed to um, have a specific type of assessment. Yeah. And to do that, they had to pay a copay of $100. Oh my, yeah. Which for somebody that makes 700 for a month is a lot of money. That is a lot of money, yeah. Um, and then the place went out of business in the meantime. So... That family member, of course, I was the face that they could blame it on, right? So it became my fault. Right. When in reality, I had no control over that. Right. You know, I had no control over where they chose to go. You know, I might have given them options and this was where they chose, you know, because it was going to be the fastest. Yep. So... I I often find myself being super conscious of specifically with with providers in the medical field and the social services field. I always try to check myself in those situations yep. and a ask myself is this the person that really has anything to do with this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh absolutely. Oftentimes, whoever that person is, that nurse, for instance, is just the person that called you back because it was their task. Right. Literally. Like, they get tasks list. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now she's taking responsibility or being asked to take responsibility for, what, two years of (laughs) of work? You know what I mean? And for you, from your perspective... Mm -hmm. It's all right there. Right. Because this is the entity that does this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And for her, you were supposed to be a three-minute task. Right. 
You know, intellectually, I understand all oh, those uh, things. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's but just, it, it, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you. And it's you're just, you're seeing it. You're I'm, feeling, yeah, yeah. On both sides of it. Because I've yeah. also, I, I have been that person <laughs> that will call and rip the shit out of anybody that picks up the phone. Because right? I'm mad and they're going to get it. Right. Exactly. And um, <laughs> I've been that person. You know what? I'm triggered. I, whatever, yep. you know, whatever. I've been that person person but i do find myself oftentimes specifically in those two areas yeah. you know uh, doctor's offices professional offices lawyers that kind of stuff yep you know i find myself really trying to check that before anything comes out of you know this person is doing their job I'm not their supervisor. Right. <laughs> like, me telling them they suck at their job is not helpful in helping anyway. them. Sure. It's not helping me. Sure as hell isn't helping me. Right. They're not going to give me what I need now because I just called them an asshole. Right. You know, and they're just drinking their morning coffee or, you know, whatever. Right, yeah. Like, so I, I oftentimes have that and I have to attribute it to a client I had. Uh-huh. I had this um, very, very difficult client, like very difficult client um, for the community. And that was always a thing with him. You know, it's, he always wanted to take out that anger on whoever we put in front of him. And I worked with this guy for probably seven or eight years. Oh, wow. And by the time we got to the end, he was still doing it. Mm-hmm. But through several successes we were able to come to an agreement that certain people you do that with and certain people you don't do that with okay you know what i mean like yep. and that's what eventually for him it, it clicked is like all right whoever i'm talking to are they what are they doing for me are they just taking my punches right or are they going to be able to help me with whatever I'm mad about. Yeah, yeah. And that's where he was able to make that transition. Yep. Is that, you know, am I looking for a punching bag right now or am I looking for help? Yeah, yeah. And 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 looking at it that way, I, I absolutely was looking for a punching bag. Right. Because... Right, because you made her everything. Was right. Her fault all of a sudden. Well, and, and I have looked for help. I have, in that situation specifically, um, and then it was just... And it really, again, triggers, right? You know, this is what we work on. Yeah, so absolutely. the first trigger was, and I don't know if you heard it, but I, I heard it the, the first time I told the story. Um, she was flipping about it. Yeah. I was not being heard. Yeah. And especially with that entity well, and you were not being validated validated right so okay. what do you want me to do about it well you know then obviously you're not hearing what i'm saying but yeah not being validated and uh for 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 that entity that happens all the time you know every time i call and talk to anybody and say listen this is a problem i need this to be done and i'm I need sure this to be it's done the culture it must be yeah. it must be which is really too bad because the doctor is amazing you know and that happens <clears throat> in doctor's offices is that they're oftentimes is this really awful culture and yeah. it's i think it's born of the the way that they're asked to work do you oh, know what i mean no like they're asked to completely solve a problem within seven to 14 minutes oh yeah i see what you're saying yeah right yeah 
you might come to them with your problem and feel like you got rushed through yep which then leaks out into the staff you know or the staff may feel like they can never do enough because they don't get enough time you know it's just they're very difficult offices to work in when you look at the actual the milieu you know when you look at the the people that have to go there every day and not have enough time for you and not be able to get you in soon enough and right you know what i mean like all of these things right like i said i have a i have a little place only because i've been <laughs> that person that's, that's been the punching bag a few times yep and i always have compassion for that i mean when i'm that punching bag because of the work that this other gentleman did and i was able to witness and mm-hmm. experience i can be that punching bag yep. and not take it personally yeah Versus, you know, this nurse who probably is unconscious as day and, you know, you were just somebody for her to be a punching bag back at. Right. That kind of a thing. You know, two people looking for a punching bag is not going to end well. No, no. I mean, it, it, black eyes all around. Right. Uh, bruises right. all around. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's that was something that he taught me that I've been able to use. Is like, is this person A really the person that can help me with my issue? Right. And B, am I looking for help or am I looking for a punching bag? And if you're looking for the punching bag, that's when you use your skills. Right. That's a good that that is a good a very good outlook. I, I like that. And maybe hopefully that'll help me. Well, it's simple. Be more yeah, exactly. It's it's a it what is, is my it's intention. A you're asking assessment. yourself to look inside. Yeah. Yeah. Which we know is always the the key to most of this yeah. this work. That will hopefully help. Um, I try not to do <laughs> that sort of thing, and I've gotten nice about it, you know, which does not necessarily make it any better, right? You know, right. Um, at least I didn't scream at her because you know that could have been a thing. You've gotten more professional. About I've gotten it, more professional way. about it. Yes, absolutely. So I can professionally tell you to go to hell. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> <You> it. <know? laughs> But yeah, so that that one incident is definitely yeah. That's a that's a lot for that teachable moment. Teachable moments. I yeah. like that. That's awesome. why we have therapists. That's why we do the work. Yes, I'll be <laughs> interested to hear what your therapist thinks about the whole thing. Absolutely. Right. So one of the things that has come up for me recently is that there's this term out there called developmental trauma. Yeah, I've yeah. heard a little bit about it. I uh, I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Apparently in the last DSM, the Di- Diagnostic Statistic Manual yes. for uh, Diagnosticians. Right. Um, in other words, the book that says what you have to have to have a certain diagnosis. Right. Um, that it had been thought to be put in there along with CPTSD, which is the newest thing that's in there, complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. Prior to that, it was just post-traumatic stress disorder. So they added the variant with the CPTSD, as far as you know, you're, if you're now diagnosed with PTSD, it's because you maybe got into a car accident and now you're afraid to drive. Right. Okay? 
if you're diagnosed with CPTSD, it means that you've experienced a prolonged amount of exposure to trauma. Yep. Okay. But you can be 30 years old in an abusive relationship, or you can be, you know, five years old in an abusive relationship with your parents. Yep. So what this does is it actually brings it down to uh, just relating to childhood. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about it is that it incorporates the additional dynamic of having that level of trauma. So it would be a CPTSD type trauma. It would be a prolonged trauma in childhood. Yeah. Um while your brain is developing so within the specific stages of development well just within the development itself of the brain yeah right because if the brain is not getting typical responses typical interactions it's getting atypical interactions and in that case your brain is developing based on atypical information okay so so yeah that makes a lot yeah I so it's it. almost like this addresses the fact that it's it's deeper than maybe just that CPTSD because you're not only involved in prolonged trauma, you're involved in prolonged trauma during a period where you're incredibly susceptible to, you know, um, different ideas and and what life should be and shouldn't be and you don't know the answer to those things yet um so your norm oftentimes is developed into whatever the dysfunction is on top of your experience of multiple traumas within that experience wow okay yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) so i mean it's 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 different in that sense so this would deal with any trauma basically between the ages of birth and 16-ish, right? Yep. So some of the symptoms that I found out. Um, so real quick. Yeah. Did this make it into the DSM-5? It did not. Okay. It did not. They're going to probably put it in as an addendum from what I understood. Yep. Um, so it'll not... It doesn't need a new DSM to come out. Right, okay. They'll put the addendum in an updated version of the DSM-5. So eventually it will be something that can be diagnosed, but they did have a potential diagnostic criteria that I found. So some of the specific to this type of trauma signs are a foundational deep-seated feeling of shame. So you feel you're just not good enough. You're not, you know, you're you're too bad for anyone to love you. All of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, the second one is a, a sense that there is no grounding or powerlessness. Um, oh, I said that wrong. So the second one is a sense that there's no ground and powerlessness. Okay. So it's feeling that you are out of control. You know, we talked about um, in one of your check-ins, you know, you're the horse versus the rider. Right. You know, that kind of a thing. Um, So that's very common in this developmental trauma. Becoming hopeless and despairing about life in general. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not just as in like depression where you feel that way about life. This is more of an inherent type of feeling, if okay. that makes sense. Yep. So this would be more like, you know, the point of living doesn't matter. Not because I don't want to suffer anymore, but just because it doesn't matter. Right. right? Yep. Um, this is something that I experienced for years, you know, where I really had no commitment to being alive or not being alive. Right. I was okay either way. You know, it wasn't important for me to try to live that kind of a thing. Um, another big one, and this is definitely for, for, for both, um, the difference is this is not necessarily related to a specific fear. Okay. But it would be hypervigilance um, and inexplicable fear. Okay. So you're not saying, you know, oh, I was, you know, uh, in this abusive situation, so I'm afraid of that. It's It's just an inherent feeling of fear, an inherent need to be aware of your surroundings in a way that others might not be you know we've talked about this in our superhero yeah i was gonna say that that's definitely a thing for me yeah it's it's a it's it's definitely attached to both cptsd and this yeah um but this is more again of that inherent feeling about it versus related feeling about it where you would relate the feeling to something else uh, the next one is emotional regulation difficulties. Um, you know, that's, I, I take medication for this because if I am not medicated for this, I can go from being a monster to an angel and back to a monster in three seconds. Yeah. For the people around me, that's not fair. No. So yeah. I take medication for it. It keeps me much more level. Um, and I don't have the volatile reactions. Now, my my mood still can be too high and too low, but they're not as volatile, and they're changing, if right. that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And then the last one is feeling isolated and disconnected. You know, you're the person that can sit in a room full of people and feel very alone. Um, you hear about this a lot from people that have childhood trauma, you know, is that feeling of isolation, total, total isolation. Um, and it's, it, it, I think it's one of the most destructive symptoms of trauma in general, you know, because it's the thing that keeps you from reaching out for help. Yeah. It's the thing that keeps you from acknowledging your actual state. Because it's too scary to not. Oh, yeah. So I really feel like if there were one I could wish away. It would be that one. That would be it. Yeah. You know, just to feel connected because we're supposed to be connected. Yep. We're creatures that are supposed to live with each other. We're getting things from each other. That's how we have evolved. If we were just individuals, we would not have lived. There were lots of things that would eat us. (laughs) like we lived because we lived communally you know and we've lost that in in the way that we live now and i think part of this trauma i think 
there's trauma just from this feeling yeah if that makes sense yeah well absolutely i think that the feeling of being so alone when you're surrounded by people is in of itself a traumatic event yeah if that makes sense yeah and and that one specifically is it, it it's a compounding event is is really what it ends up being you have it as a symptom of the trauma and yet it traumatizes and continues this horrible shame cycle and this horrible trauma cycle that goes through it I identify with most of those things on that list. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I mean, the the you know deep seated shame. I I've definitely been there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a huge trigger of mine to just not feel worthy yeah. of anything or anyone, you know, or or of living at all. You right. Know? I mean, they're just it. It's the thing that that i really get pulled to with this is that they're talking about it being these inherent feelings yeah yeah you know because i look at a lot of these things and i say why why would i be having that reaction still there's no point there's no my cognitive brain can look at that and say there's nothing in my life that represents this right However, however, it's inherently, yeah, I still feel it. Yep. I still feel it. I don't feel that connected. Yeah. But can I get to that feeling? I have I don't know. I mean, is that can you get to a feeling with this type of trauma that is normal if this is your normal? Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, if if you're hardwired that way. Can you reestablish a new normal? Um, I mean, I know, so talking about those, a lot of those I can identify with as um, a teenager and a 20-something-year-old, specifically when I was very aware of them. Yeah. Um, And some of them I've masked very, well... I mean, effectively, but not effectively, because a mask is not effectively. Um, just to explain when I, because I've, I've used it like actually. You put it in a box and put it away? Or? Well, sort of. Um, no. Uh, so masking is is really acting in a way that would be considered neurotypical in a situation, or even sometimes going as far as to um, convince yourself that you are normal you know because you can see what so normal like is gaslighting like gaslighting yourself exactly okay you know all right <clears throat> so um like the uh the, the one where you said you know uh hopelessness right so that for the longest time was me and it wasn't just the depression um it was you know life is hopeless uh, you know i mean it's not that i cared about living or dying because I, I definitely wanted to live but i didn't know why because yeah. it was never going to get any better there was never going to be anything about it. <clears throat> I have no idea, you know. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. And, that and hopelessness. Yeah. yeah. And I've masked that for myself where I continue to try to give myself hope. But when I get down to it, I don't believe myself. And I always notice it specifically when something bad happens. Yeah. You know, and I get that let down again. That's like and that like, head game thing you've talked about that yeah. you play with yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. You know, or the fear, just this this fear of life and being. That That is a very real part. It's not something that I talk about a lot. Yeah. Um, and it manifests 
itself in in many different ways like sometimes i go oh well this is a specific fear but when i go back and look at it it's not just that one thing it's everything you know i'm afraid of being yeah you know Right. so because you think you're wrong because i think i'm wrong exactly yeah you know no yeah i yeah absolutely so i can mask certain things like i said i can act in ways that like it like as if it doesn't exist because i'm i'm a huge observer of the populace you know of, of different people yeah. and you know unfortunately i don't know that it's necessarily always any um healthier because depending on what i'm getting that information from yeah you know, so uh, at different points in my life, it was other people that turned out not to be so healthy. Way dysfunctional. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and sometimes it was things like TV, which, of course, we know is all drama. Yeah. A lot of times. Um, and then the things that were always very uncomfortable for me would be the TV shows that were not filled with drama. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that would be when, when it was actually a, and I look back at them now and I go, ooh. That's actually a really healthy TV yeah. show. They're dealing with their issues. They're talking things out. They're communicating. They're loving each other. There's no judgment. But, the, you but know. you like the awkward comedies better? I actually hate the awkward comedies because of the way they make me feel. But there has to be this tension. I need to have this some sort of drama. And it doesn't have to be resolved. I don't like the, like, Meet the Fockers. Don't like oh, that yeah, movie. Yeah, no, those are hard to watch. Those are really hard to watch. Yeah. But, what's, the, oh, what's the one that i do oh, i've watched it something about mary i actually like that one yeah i have watched yep. that, that out of all of those types of movies yeah ben is ben stiller ben stiller yeah he does such a good job in that he really he does, does such a good job in that yeah he's gonna a great... have to watch it again though. yeah i know I, I have it downstairs i think i have it in my collection but yeah i, I he actually is a great awkward comedian um as yeah. far as that goes so yeah some of them like that absolutely but when it comes to like core family stuff not at all yeah you know like meet the fuckers yeah. but i wonder how much like you were talking about the connection piece yeah you know i know that that's something that i struggle with and i know it's something that you struggle with and <clears throat> i don't know I don't, there's, there's no clear answer on how to, you know, the only things that I have tried is, um, uh, what do they call that? Um, uh, when you sit there in it for a long time, um, oh yeah, I was talking about that earlier, um, desensitizing. Yeah, desensitizing. So like a desensitizing type therapy, you know, where I've, I've sat in it. Exposure. Exposure therapy. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and really tried, and then it, if something doesn't go well at all, or if there's some weird something that goes wrong in my brain, it only goes for so long, and then I collapse in on myself again. Wow. You know? Yeah. So, um, I'm not sure how many of those things resonate with you, but, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I just, I hope, I hope that there is a place of getting to a healthier normal yeah in there and the only place i've experienced that genuinely i think is just with parenting yeah and recreating your own normal kind of a thing yeah but to switch that gear internally is a whole nother subject yeah yeah absolutely i do wonder i mean the habituation yeah. Is a big deal. Um, so making it a practice. Yeah, really, really making it a conscious practice will help retrain your brain. 
Hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember, you can always reach out to us through our Facebook page at Stumbling Through Enlightenment. Follow us on Twitter at Stumbling, T-H-R-O-U-2. Go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally. That is stumblingthroughenlightenment.squarespace.com. You can also reach out to us directly at stumblingthroughenlightenment at gmail.com. That's it for today. Have a great week.